32, I was studying, and the uh, Lord kind of changed some things in my uh, life and heart uh, concerning this passage of Scripture that I have preached from uh, more times than I can count while I say that, and I, I don't get to preach many sermons over and over again. I'm not an evangelist, and so uh, it, it's one of those things I, I, I try to get what I can out of a sermon, and I try to, when I go back to a passage of scripture, it's sometimes hard, but I try my best to, to find something that I might have missed the first time around or whatever, and uh, it, it really is difficult because I feel like everything that I've preached or every chapter that I go to, I'm like, I've preached this before, or I've preached out of this before, but anyhow, uh, this morning is a little different. God has given me something fresh, and I pray that it'll be a blessing to you out of Genesis chapter number 32. If you're there, say Amen. Just a little background on what's going on. This is Jacob. Uh, this is one of the patriarchs, all right? When we say patriarchs, you may say, what in the world does that mean? Uh, but when you talk about patriarchs, we talk about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. I mean, we talk about some of the major characters of the Old Testament, the beginning uh, of the Hebrew nation, the beginning of Israel. And here we're talking about Jacob. Now, how many of y'all know Jacob lived up to his name, right? Jacob's name means supplanter. And what that basically means is a, a heel grabber, someone that takes the place of another. If you know about Jacob's birth, then you know that Esau was born, uh, he come out first and a ribbon was tied upon his hand and according to scripture, Jacob grabbed him by the heel and pulled him back into the womb and then Jacob came out. I need somebody to help me. All right, so Jacob lived up to his name as a supplanter. Uh, the Bible also tells us that Jacob and Esau grew up and Jacob and with the help of his mother deceived their father Isaac into the blessing all right, and uh, you'll remember that. I'm not going to go back and rehash that, but uh, Esau, uh, you'll remember, had sold his birthright to Jacob. Jacob. Esau was hungry, and Jacob had fixed some food, and Jacob was like, all right, I'll give you some food, but you're going to have to give me something. And so he sold his birthright for a, a bowl of soup, if you will, and this is how Jacob operated. Jacob manipulated everything in his life to get the outcome that Jacob wanted. I need somebody to help me right here because this is who we are. I'm going to say it again until you get a good amen in your brain about it, all right? This is exactly who we are. We manipulate... All right, well, that's a tough word, preacher. I don't like that word, but the truth is, you and I, we will make things happen the way we want them to happen. We'll tell somebody that God did this for us when the truth is we manufactured it ourselves. I need somebody to help me. How many times has somebody told you that God, God gave them this car? Well, if God gave you the car, you wouldn't have the $700 payment to go with it. I need somebody to help me. God ain't gave you nothing. You manipulated. You made it happen on your own. I need somebody to help me. Don't get quiet on me now. We got to be serious about this or you won't get the rest of it, all right? We are Jacob. 
We are, every single one of us has a little bit of Jacob in us, all right? Jacob goes off, and of course we know Jacob is deceived. Brother EJ preached a phenomenal message on Rachel and Leah, and we've seen how Jacob ended up being deceived. How many of you know this? The Bible says in, in uh, uh, let's see, in uh, 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 Galatians chapter number 5, verse number 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man uh, uh, soweth, that shall he also Reap, And so this supplanter, this deceiver, he was deceived. And, of course, he ended up with Leah. And, of course, we know the story of that. But Jacob went on about his life doing what Jacob does, and that's deceiving once again. And he cheated his uncle out of a bunch of animals. Is everybody all right? Jacob had this thing figured out, and Jacob spent his life manipulating everything around him to achieve what he wanted to achieve. Come on, help me. And we're all guilty of it. Every single one of us can go back and look at our lives, and we can say how we prayed for something, but then we helped God make it happen. We prayed for some. Come on, y'all, help me now. Don't get quiet on me. Please don't get quiet on me. We have this stuff going around in our church today. We have people that tell you that, oh, God answered a prayer for us, but it was after you put it on Facebook and played on everybody's sympathies, and then somebody paid you, and then you tried to give God the credit for it. But the truth is, is you manipulated the system. Oh, well, how you, how's everybody going to know about my need if I don't put it out there? Who needs to know about your need? God knows your need, and God said, I'll supply your every need. Be careful of all these people want money on Facebook and then claiming that they're trusting God for it. They ain't trusting God for it. What they're doing is they're playing on your sympathies. You're paying and being their Savior, and then they're claiming that God did it for them, and God ain't done. I need somebody to help. I'm having fun this morning. I didn't think it'd be this fun, but it's fun this morning. Because this is where we're at. This is who we are. We got, a, we got church full of people that manipulate the system. We've learned how to play on other people. We've learned how to play on their sympathy and their empathizing. And we'll go to them and we'll say, oh, we ain't got no money to pay our bills this week. And they'll pay our bills. And then we'll say, look what God did. God didn't do that. You, Jacob, deceived others into paying. Oh, I'm having fun. See, the truth is, is that there's a little bit of Jacob in all of us. There's a little bit of Jacob in all of us. And this is where Jacob is at in his life. Jacob is now coming home to face the brother that he deceived. He deceived Esau. He stole the birthright from Esau. He stole the blessing from Esau of Isaac, his father. And I'm not going to go through that story, but you probably know it. He stole the blessing from Isaac, and Esau was mad about it. They thought Isaac was going to die, and so Esau said, I will give you the time of our father's death and the morning of our father's death, but as soon as that time is gone, I am going to kill you. Is everybody all right? This is where Esau was. Esau, come on now. Esau is a lot like us too. Yeah, we see both sides. We see this guy that manipulates everything and then we see this guy that when he's done wrong, he wants revenge. And Esau had it set out in his mind that he would kill Jacob if he ever seen him again. 
Now Jacob goes off, he comes back, now he's got wives, he's got children, he's got all these animals, and Jacob is coming back to where Esau is with the fear that Esau is going to kill him. Esau is now going to get revenge for what uh, uh, Jacob had done to him, how Jacob had cheated him, how Jacob had deceived him. Now he was coming back and Esau was now an adversary that he would have to face. The Bible tells us that uh, uh, in verse number 6 of chapter number 32 that Jacob sent messengers to Esau just to fill him out, to see how he was going to be. Sent some gifts over just to let him know that, hey, I'm coming back and I love you. I need somebody to help me. <laughs> the Bible says, and the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to thy brother Esau and also he cometh to meet thee and 400 men with him. I need somebody to help me. It don't sound like the gifts work. Uh, hey, hey, Esau, here's some gifts. I love you, brother. I'm coming back. I can't wait to see you. And Esau comes out with 400 men to meet Jacob. I need somebody to help me. Jacob was scared. Look at the next verse. Then Jacob was greatly, say it with me, afraid and distressed. And he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands. So once again, Esau is, I mean, Jacob is manipulating the system. He sent a gift just to see how this thing was going to go. It comes back as he expected or as he should have expected. Esau ain't forgot nothing. Esau's coming with 400 men and it ain't coming to throw a party. And so Jacob says, well, I'll fix this. I'll divide them into two, and I'll send all. I'll send, I'll send everybody I don't want on this journey in front of Esau, and then the other people, I, come on, y'all, help me. He's still deceiving. He's still manipulating. He divides them up into two bands, and he sends them in different directions, saying that if one is killed, at least the other one will be spared. Yeah, yeah, he's thinking just like we do. Come on, help me. He's thinking just like we do. If I can just make it happen, if I can do this, I know the situation is bad, but here's how I'm going to help God solve my situation. The Bible tells us in verse number 6, or, or excuse me, in verse number 9. Go to verse number 9. The Bible says, and Jacob said, oh God, no, I need somebody to help me. So first he manipulates everything, and then he goes to God in prayer. Come on, help me out. That's, ain't that exactly how we do things? God, now I'm going to set things in motion and do it the way I want to do it, but then I'm going to come and I'm going to pray to you, and I'm going to make this real pious. I'm going to make it real religious. I'm going to make it seem like I'm really needing God. I need somebody to help me. And Jacob said, Oh, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said us unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. Keep going and all the way to verse number 12. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant, for with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me. 
I pray from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered for, multi- uh, for multitude. Here, Isaac has, a, or not Isaac, but Jacob has a promise from God, but he's still trying to manipulate the system. So the Bible tells us, as we continue to read, we'll go all the way down to verse number uh, uh, 20. uh, uh, Let's go to verse number 22, and I'll begin reading, and we'll read down all the way to the end of the chapter. In verse number 22 of uh, Genesis 32, the Bible tells us in verse number 22, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For thou art for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen the face of God, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, all right, so those are the same words, all right, they're just, this is one of those instances where it's the same exact word, it's just pronounced two different ways in two different verses, all right. And the Bible says, and he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the snow which shrank, which is upon the hot Hollow because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinew that shrank. As we look at this this morning, Jacob needed a blessing. Somebody help me. But this was beyond his power to manipulate. Is everybody hearing me? Jacob had come to a point in his life where he couldn't manipulate the system to get out of this one. 400 men's coming after him his entire life. He has learned how to manipulate. He has learned how to deceive his way through life. He has learned how to work in his flesh to make things happen the way that he wants to. But now he is facing something that he cannot do alone. He is facing something that he's not going to be able to manipulate his way out of, to deceive his way out of. He is facing circumstances that will take his life. And so now Jacob turns to God. He prays to God. And I want you to see what God does. God shows up where Jacob is at. I need somebody to help me right here. I sure am glad, even though I have deceived a many, even though I have manipulated my way through life, even though I have done things on my own, by my own discretion, and when I call out on God, God will come where I am. 
I sure am thankful that God will come where I am. I look at this thing, and I see that Jacob needs a blessing. I'd like to preach this thing just for a few moments. Some of it may sound familiar, but some of it isn't, so stay with me. Don't you put up a wall. Don't you forget about it. Don't you start saying, oh, I haven't heard this before. Listen and listen good. I want you to notice, first off, as we look at this, I notice the desperation of Jacob. Jacob could not fix this situation on his own. Jacob was very desperate for God. He needed God to do something and for the first time in his life he called out for God because God was the only one that could fix what Jacob was going through. And so in his desperation he called out to God in chapter number 32 verse number 9 through 12 and he prayed and he begged God to now deliver him because he could not deliver himself. How many of you have ever been there before. If you ain't, stay buckled up because it's coming soon enough. There'll come a time in your life where you cannot work your way through this problem. You need God and you need God in a special way. Maybe there's somebody in your life, maybe you are the one that needs God today, right now, to show up and to answer something in your life because there's an enemy that's coming across the desert. There's an enemy that's got a cloud of dust up behind them as they race towards you and they mean to finish you. They mean to take you out. This is where Jacob was and he was desperate to get a hold of God. I need God right now, Jacob would say. He was desperate and so God shows up. The Bible says that there wrestled a man with Jacob. How many of you got that? Somebody say amen. That man wasn't just any man. That was the son of God that came before he ever showed up in Bethlehem. He showed up by this creek. He showed up by this ford, Jabbok. And there he wrestled with Jacob. Jacob wanted something from God. God wanted something from Jacob. The Bible says that Jacob didn't wrestle with God. God wrestled with Jacob. How many of you caught that? I'd never caught that before. I'd always said that Jacob went to God and Jacob was wrestling with God. But look at what the scripture said. It says in there, verse number 24, and there wrestled a man with him. In other words, God wanted something from Jacob. Jacob needed something from God, but God wanted something from Jacob. And so God shows up where Jacob is at. They're all alone and by himself. And God says, I'm going to get what I want before you get what you want. I need somebody to hear me. God said, I'm going to get what I want before you get what you want. He was desperate. But God said, if we're going to answer this prayer, if we're going to take care of this, there's some things that are going to be different when we leave here. Oh, man. i never seen it before. I'd always preach this message of getting a hold of God and Jacob had run out and grabbed a hold of God and held on to him and this, that, and the other. But no, God came to Jacob and God started the battle with Jacob. Not the other way around. Jacob didn't come to fight God. God came. I need somebody to help me. Are y'all getting this? God came to fight Jacob. Oh, and in his mercy, God didn't do what he could have done to Jacob. I need somebody to help me. 
The Bible says that these two wrestled until the breaking of day. And then, then God said, hey, man, I got to go and touch the hollow of his thigh. And it was out of joint. I need somebody to help me. God could have done that earlier in the night. Let's not, boy, I used to talk about it, talk about how, how manly Jacob was. Man, that he would wrestle with God. There ain't wasn't nothing manly about it. God was showing him mercy. God could have killed that joker. I need somebody to help me. God could have killed him right off the bat. All he did was touch his hip and he was out of joint. What does this guy think? I need somebody to help me. Who thinks they can wrestle with God? I'm going to let you think about that question I just asked. Because right now you're thinking about, oh, Jacob thought he could wrestle with God. But I want you to really listen to it. Who thinks they can wrestle with God? And win. Now I need everybody to throw your hand up. Come on, throw your hand up. Just throw your hand up. Don't even ask why. Just throw your hand up. All right, you wrestle with God. Oh, yeah. God comes because you need him to do something in your life. And when he shows up, if he don't do it the way you want it done, all right, God, we're going to have to wrestle over this. Oh, I need somebody to help me. And God's mercy allows you to wrestle with him and fight with him. But the truth is, if God wanted to, he could touch the hollow of your thigh and end your strength. Oh, I need somebody to help me. Jacob wrestled with this man. God showed up and he wrestled because God wanted something out of Jacob. Jacob wanted something out of God, but God wanted something out of Jacob. <laughs> oh my goodness. If I was preaching this in black church, they'd be about, they'd be hanging on hanging off the windows that we don't even have. They'd be making windows, making doors. Is everybody all right? Hey, so many of us, so many of us that wrestle with God. We want God to do something great in our life. We want God to do something big in our life. But it has to be on our terms. Amen. It has to be like we want it. God said, you want something out of me, I want something out of you. I need somebody to help me. I want to give you something. I want to help you. He was desperate, but he was determined. He needed this blessing. He needed this answer to prayer. And so even wrestling with God, the Bible says that God touched the hollow of his thigh and it was out of joint. I need somebody to help me. And he still wouldn't let go. You know how many people are living just a moment away from their blessing? I need somebody to help me. You know how many people are living just a moment away from their blessing? They've given up. God's trying to bless them, but they refuse to change. Oh, everybody all right? Say, I noticed something about this. We look at this and we say, oh, Jacob won. And in a sense, Jacob did win, but Jacob didn't win until Jacob lost. I'm going to let you think about that for just a few moments. In a sense, Jacob did win, but he didn't win until Jacob lost. Jacob didn't win until he was conquered. <laughs> he, see, he, he, was, he was desperate and he was determined. Hurt, oh, I need somebody to help me. Jacob came to God with all his strength, Brother Johnny, and he wrestled with God. And God eventually took his strength from him 
Did y'all catch that? Let me say it again. I got too much. I ain't got time for this. God took his strength from him. And when God took his strength from him, Jacob was no longer wrestling with God. He was holding on to God. I need somebody to help me. He didn't win until he lost. Does everybody understand that? He didn't win until he lost. As long as he had his strength, he was fighting God with everything that he had. But when he was, when he was weak, when he had lost his strength, then he was holding on to God for dear life and saying, God, I'm not going to let go till you bless me. Oh, man. I'm telling you, this is good stuff. It's good stuff. Many of you missed it because you've heard me preach a message out of it. And you think you got it all figured out, but you ain't got it all figured out. The truth is, is you're still fighting with God and wondering why your prayers aren't being answered, wondering why God ain't showed up. It's because God wants something out of you, but you won't give it to him. You're wrestling, you're wrestling, you're wrestling, and sooner or later, I need somebody to help me. God's going to take your strength out from under you. He's going to take your legs out from under you, and all you're going to be able to do is hold on for dear life and say, God, please, give me a blessing. See, we've seen his desperation. We see his determination, but we see his defeat. He had to lose to win. He had to lose to win. This is where most of us don't want to be. I need somebody to help me. We want, come on, y'all, we want our cake and eat it too. We want God to answer our prayers like we want God to answer our prayers. We want God to work in our lives like we want God to work in our lives. But see, God was after something. Y'all, don't miss this. I missed it for so long. I missed it for so long. I, I thought that Jacob went to God, but God came to him. God came to him. God initiated this fight. God initiated this wrestling match. Why? Because Jacob had lived up to his name his whole life. He had deceived. He had manipulated. He had worked in the flesh. He had done all things the way he wanted to do all his life. And God said, this battle will not be won in the flesh. So God changed him. God changed him. God changed Everything about him. I'm going to give you just a couple of things that God changed about him. But I want you to notice that first off, God changed his name. It was a personal change. God changed his name. How many of y'all caught that? He said, what's your name? Could you imagine this deceiver, this manipulator? Now he's got a hip out of joint. He's holding on for dear life. And God said, what's your name? Tell me your name. And Jacob has to say, I'm a deceiver. Oh, I need somebody to help me. I'm a manipulator. I'm a heel grabber. I'm a supplanter. That's what my name means, and that's what my name is. God said, no longer will you be called Jacob. He said, but now your name will be Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with man and has prevailed. I need somebody to help me. 
Man, we look at this passage of Scripture, and you may even have a reference in your Bible that says that this word Israel means he who struggles with God. But man, I got to looking, I got to studying, and you know, Daniel's name means God judges. Somebody help me. Is everybody all right? It doesn't mean he who judges God. See, the, the, the emphasis is not on the verb, but on the subject. And so, anyhow, with Daniel's name, his name means God judges instead of he who judges God. Israel, instead of, man, instead of meaning he who has power with God or he who struggles with God, it means God prevailed. Y'all ain't got to like it. I'll like it enough for both of us because this is what it's finally come to. Jacob the deceiver, Jacob the supplanter, Jacob the manipulator has now gotten the name of he who God has rule over. Are y'all getting it? God prevailed. God rules. That's what this name means. And finally, in Jacob's life, he has come to a place where he has submitted to God and says, I can't do it without you. And God says, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. You need something from me. I need something from you. I now am getting somewhere. I need somebody to help me. And he changed his name. He changed his name from supplanter, deceiver, to one who is ruled by God. I don't know about you, but I need that designation over my name. Let me take that back. I do know about you, and you need that designation over your name. We are all living in this world fighting with our own flesh when God says, just let go. See, you you never win with God until you lose. You'll never win with God until you lose. You'll never experience victory until you're conquered. I, I don't even know how to I don't know how to help you any more than that. You'll never experience victory in your life until you've been conquered. Jacob was conquered by this brook. God got a hold of him and God changed not only his name, but God changed everything about his life. It was a permanent change. Can I get a witness? The Bible says that they don't even eat uh, of the Shanu that shrank because of Jacob in this battle. In other words, it was permanent. It was life altering. I need somebody to help me. Mm. I don't know if y'all can handle any more. But I'm going to give it to you. Jacob got his deliverance. Jacob got his deliverance. Listen to me. Jacob thought he needed to be delivered from Esau. But Jacob's real enemy was Jacob. I'm going to say that again. Jacob thought his enemy was Esau. But his real enemy was himself. And until God defeated that enemy, Jacob would never be delivered <laughs> from his earthly enemy. Some of you need to find a place around the altar and let God conquer you this morning. You've spent years manipulating the system and wrestling with God. You need something out of God, and God says, I got something for you. 
But what I have for you, you ain't going to like it. I need somebody to help me. See, Jacob got his deliverance. His prayer was answered. Chapter number nine, or chapter 32, verse 9 through 12, he said, God deliver me from, from Esau. He wrestled with God. God put his hip out of joint. Bible says that he limped. He halted as he walked. Hey, 400 men still coming. Esau leading the pack, going to kill Jacob. He looks up, and Jacob's walking across the field. I need somebody to help me. All of a sudden, Esau's kill goes to sympathy. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Esau, this man fixed on murdering his own brother, looks across there and see a hurt man walking towards him. Mm-hmm. Y'all heard this story. If you hadn't, bear with me. But I got in a wreck years ago how I ended up with that red avalanche before I ever came here. I got in a head-on collision. I was running 55 miles an hour. A lady pulls out. We hit head-on. I was not wearing a seatbelt. Her and two children were in the vehicle. They were all in seatbelts. I hit them. I never touched the brakes. I didn't have a split second. I didn't have no time. I hit her at full speed, 55 miles an hour, no brake, never touched anything. Matter of fact, my leg went up under the brake and it broke my leg. I hit, man, I hit into the windshield, all kind of mess. I'm not condoning not wearing a seatbelt, but I was the only one that walked out of the accident, un, what I would call unharmed. I got out and my truck was crumpled in on the door, on the driver's side door. I hadn't been saved long, so y'all forgive me what I'm fixing to say, but I was so mad. I was on the phone with Michelle when it happened, and I was so mad that I was going to get out of that truck, and I was going to finish off the idiot that pulled out in front of me. Couldn't get the door open. I would have broke leg. I kicked the door open. That adrenaline junk is true. I kicked the door open. The whole side was crumpled in. I couldn't get out. I just panicked, started kicking the door. The door came flying open. I got out. I'm limping down the side of the truck. I'm limping down the car with the intention of opening the door and beating the mess out of whoever was in the car. I was so mad at that moment I was seeing red. And I remember I walked up to that car and I threw that door open. And when I did, that woman was hung up over that steering wheel, blood everywhere. Youngins in the back seat screaming blood everywhere in the back of that car. And I can remember opening that door. And my first instinct when I opened that door, I was fixing to hit somebody. But as soon as I seen that woman slumped over that steering wheel, it went from wanting to hurt her to wanting to help her. I remember putting my arm around her in that car, blood everywhere, and I said, let me get you some help. I'm going to do my best. I couldn't even find, I didn't know where my cell phone was. I didn't know where anything was. I was the first one. There was people everywhere, and all they were doing was sitting in their cars. I was the first one to this woman, me in the wreck. And I said, I'm going to get you some help. You just hang in there. I'm going to get you some help. Y'all be careful. And I'm telling the kids, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Everyone, I'm bleeding and everything else. And here I am. Unseemly, I, I walked away from it. I didn't even know my leg was broken until years later. And here I am, man, as far as I'm concerned, I'm healthy. And I'm trying to get her help. But my first instinct was I was going to hurt her. I need somebody to help me. So I understand Esau coming across that field. 
saying, I'm fixing to hurt somebody. Then looking up and seeing his only blood relative, his brother. I'm done. God will deliver you, but it may not be like you want it. <laughs> hey, it might hurt a little. Might hurt a little. But it's meant, come on now, it's meant to humble you. For it's in our weakness he is made. Say it with me. It's in our weakness that he is strong. God can't get a hold of some of us because you're too strong. And sooner or later you keep wrestling with God. I need somebody to help me. He's going to pull out that same finger he did on Jacob and say, boop. I need somebody to help me. And this is what's going to happen to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, here's where you're going to do the most damage. I need somebody to help me. This is where you're going to find deliverance. Not in your strength, but in your weakness. Some of you need God to conquer something in your life, but it won't happen until God conquers you. Heads bowed with me. Many have already found a way to the altar. Many have already gone back to their seats. The altar is open. You've been wrestling with God. You've been wrestling with God. You've been fighting it all the way. You've been struggling your whole life. You've made it this far because you have learned how to manipulate the system. But this battle won't be won by you. It won't be run in your flesh. The only way this battle finds victory is in defeat. Come let God conquer you this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, <clears throat> I thank you for a wonderful time of church. Lord, I thank you for the message. Lord, if nobody else needed it, I did. I'm still gleaning off of the studies out of this chapter. I'm seeing things, Lord, I've not seen before. I'm experiencing things I've not experienced before. I tried to make it say what I wanted it to. I tried to turn it how I wanted it. But Lord, you've shown me that if I'm going to find victory, it's going to be found in defeat. Doesn't mean I lose to my enemy. It means I'm conquered by he, by the one who has rule over me. God, I pray that every person in this room, Lord, would submit our lives to you. Trust him. No matter how bad it hurts, no matter how much we're humble, God, you will deliver us exactly how you see fit. Our prayer will be answered. We will be delivered.
though it may not be how we intend to be. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for helping us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen.